Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, I feel like today is a special day. Is there something about today? Um, yeah, it's, it's the last EMP of the 21-day fast. Come on, I know you want to do it. God understands. <laughs> um, and so, congratulations. Praise God. You made it all through uh, uh, the fast. And uh, just a friendly reminder, if I could just um, encourage you one last thing, just push through. And uh, I know the fast technically ends on Saturday night, midnight, you know, 12.01. You have your buffet ready. Uh, But I encourage you just to take one more step and break your fast together with your church on Sunday morning uh, at our 10 a.m. service. And we're going to be serving communion. In the past, we would always have a fresh baked bread. uh, And then we would literally break it and and pass it out. And it's just a beautiful way to close out the fast. Uh, But with current restrictions, we'll have individual packets for everyone. And so what, what better way uh, to close out this uh, in, in, you know, season of fasting than to come together and to break fast together as a community? And then afterwards, after service, depending on what you're fasting, uh, you can celebrate with friends and family <clears throat> over a fantastic meal. Um, I will be going over uh, how to break fast, if you, especially if you're doing a liquid fast. And uh, if, if it's your first time doing a liquid fast, uh, I'll give some, uh, a few moments, maybe like five minutes in the very beginning of the sermon on Sunday uh, to kind of ease your way in. Sometimes um, breaking fast and easing into a normal diet is sometimes even harder than the fast itself because the tendency is like, oh, fast is over and then just go back and, and eat whatever. And, and depending on, especially if you're doing a liquid fast, if you do that, uh, there are certain uh, uh, restrictions, certain things you want to slow down in. Um, okay, so uh, we're continuing on this morning in John chapter 15 to close out. Uh, we will continue to meet every uh, Wednesday morning uh, for EMP. And so please do come join us. And uh, we'll, we'll be doing the same thing. The only difference is, is after EMP, uh, we have a tradition. We always go out for breakfast together. And so there's anywhere from 5 to 15 of us you know, in various pockets, uh, uh, you know, going out and grabbing coffee together. So very much looking forward to that and the fellowship and, and the conversations that usually accompany that as well. Okay, so John chapter 15. Um, let's continue on. Verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them. And cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. If you abide in me, 
And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord this morning. And so I left off yesterday reminding and encouraging, you know, that that verse can be quite confusing. Ask whatever you want and God will answer. And, and you're probably thinking, yeah, I've, I've, I've prayed many prayers and so many prayers have not gone uh, answered. And that's not necessarily because they were wrong prayers. It might be a timing thing. Um, but the key to this is to, is to know that fully in your heart you are surrendered to God. To know that God is your ultimate prize, your ultimate reward. And you believe that God believes, God believes you, that you, everything you do truly, genuinely, and even the things you ask for are truly, genuinely for His glory. Does that make sense? Right? Um, where, where the trickery or the religious spirit comes in is when we try to play the part. We try to do good things or serve in some capacity or talk the talk. But in our innermost heart, if we're very honest with ourselves, the things and the ambitions that we have and the ask for God are actually ultimately to our own end. Right? That's, that's the scary part. Right? Like somewhere in our subconscious, it really is for us. But somewhere... Somehow the yeast of the Pharisees have infiltrated and somehow we were asking God for things that we want, but believing that it's actually for him. Does that make sense? Right. I, I think we, you know, uh, um, I say this all the time, whether it's a dating relationship, whether it's someone you want to marry, whether it's this huge job opportunity, whether it's this, uh, uh, you know, project or, or prospect. I say this all the time. I teach this in EG. The more you want something, the more it is dear to your heart, the more precious it is to you, good things, like, like a child or you know, whatever, the more it's important to you, the more precious it is. And when you go to God and ask Him for it, the harder it is for us to discern whether or not it's God's will or God's word or God's voice. Does that make sense? Right? Because it's something we want so much, we start to read into. We start to read into what we think God is saying for our benefit. And so we have to be really careful about this. And once again, in chapter 15, a reminder, if you abide in me, right? If you're surrendered to me, if my words abide in you, right? If you truly have committed yourself to me, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I don't think this is a prayer that you can pray, uh, pray lightly. I think you really have to resolve in your heart and even have to pray about this prayer in some sense, to be quite honest, to then pray uh, uh, these things. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, this may, this may be not appropriate, but, you know, every once in a while, every quarter or so, God will answer some spectacular prayer of mine, you know, and I'll, like, like genuinely and humbly, and, I, and I'll say, God, and, you know, you know check my heart. And then, like, I, I kid you not, like, on a quarterly basis, elegant Annie is like, oh my gosh, you know, isn't God amazing? And then right there, I'll joke, okay, okay, God, give me a Ferrari. Okay, God, give me a Ferrari. And I'll say that jokingly, because I actually don't want a Ferrari. But then I just say that because I just feel like God answers, and so it's an inside joke, and, and I hope you understand it. Um, but I'll say it because I know God answers, but I actually, that's not a desire of my heart. And so it's just jokingly, and I, and I think God may chuckle also, uh, or maybe not. <laughs> um, so, so, 
all to say, uh, you know, the heart has to be in the right place. Uh, and then I hope that you can experience in the many ways that I have also when God genuinely, truly answers the desires of your heart. When your desires are actually His desires first. But isn't that amazing? Um, and, and certainly, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a journey and a process. And I haven't arrived, uh, you know. I, I, you know, they're, they're, they're in my flesh, there's still certain things that I'm battling and all that, just like anyone else. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, when you look at the whole of the scriptures, okay, there's a certain imagery that you can kind of weave through from beginning to end. And one of those imageries is that of a tree, that of a tree, uh, 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 in various forms, a tree in various forms. And so from the opening chapters of Genesis, you see uh, God be represented as a tree of life. And so long as you come to this tree, so long as you eat and feed from this tree, you'll be blessed. You know, you'll know who you are. You'll be naked completely and unashamed. You, you know, your sense of worth, your sense of value is not determined by circumstances or by the outer you know, things of the world, but simply by your identity in Christ. And so you, you, you come to this tree. You come to this truth. You come to everything that God says you are and how precious you are and how much He loves you. And you eat of that fruit and it fills you. And there's no doubt and there's no, there's no second guessing. And, and, and everything you do out of that source, out of that identity, just feeds you and blesses you and protects you. And then God talks of another tree, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if I were to just summarize it in the, in the most basic form, is in essence... A distrust that God has your best interest in mind. A distrust that God is in control. And then wanting to take control for yourself. And then wanting to be the one in the, in the seat that calls the shots. That's, that's, that's ultimately what it is. I will decide what is good. I will decide what is not good. I will decide what's best for my life. Uh, I will decide what is not best. And so, so it, it, you know, it's, it's when you eat from this tree and you, you, you diverge or, or get away from the tree of, of life and the source of... Of, you know, of life, which is ultimately God from this one tree, is this other tree that brings death. And if you eat from this fruit, for the rest of your life, you'll be trying to prove to yourself or to someone or to something somewhere, or maybe even to God, you know, misplaced, that you are of worth. And so the only way you find worth is by the things you know, that surround you, circumstantially or, or materially or, or comfort-wise. Right? And so there's two trees just in the opening. And uh, they take from one tree, are separated, uh, kicked out of the garden, and then you see another tree, maybe not necessarily a tree, but very, 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, similar similarities. And so then you find Moses, you know, out in the wilderness, you know, God's people are distant from him. And you find this other tree, it's, it's you know, they call it a bush, but it's similar characteristics. It's, it's, it's this brush, it's burning, it's this eternal fire, it's not consuming, and it represents God. And in that place, God calls brings them to a holy place, an invitation for Moses to walk in obedience and then to bring deliverance to the whole of Israel. Uh, you go through um, the scriptures into the New Testament. You have another picture here of a, of a tree, you know, not necessarily, but, but a vine, a vineyard. And, and Jesus, once again, is the source of life. Jesus, once again, God, once again, if you abide in him, if you eat from that fruit, if you're connected to him, if you surrender to him, once again is life-giving, life-giving, life-giving. And so uh, uh, in this passage here, and then there's another tree, uh, you know, at the end of scriptures, at the end of, uh, you know, the gospels where Jesus is hung on the cross. And that's, that's a cross, a wooden cross, but it's, it used to be a tree that was cut down. And Jesus hangs on that tree. And now once again, after all this time, 
And after all these seasons, and after all the corruptions and the, and the lies of the world and, and the enemy, if you come to this tree once again, and eat from this tree, and, and, and receive, perceive and receive through revelation and through God's communication, that once again, that God is the only answer, that God loves you, that God made a way for us to come back into communion and relationship to Him. And if we, if we feed off this every morning, if every morning when we wake up, we come to this tree of life, you know, Jesus is the life giver. He gives life abundant. And we kneel down and we don't bow down or, or look to the things or the prospects of the world. But we come to Jesus on a daily basis and we're, we're continually reminded, kneel down and say, Lord, you are the source of my joy. Lord, you are the source of my worth. Lord, you are the source of my life. And we drink from this. And, and Jesus says, if you eat my bread and drink my cup, literally, it's not just a, a physical in terms of sustenance for the stomach. But it's, it's, and it's, not, it's, it's so much more than you know, an ideology or a philosophy or a thought, but a truth of who God is and of who you are in relation to that. And the cross is a reminder that no matter what we have done that has separated us or no matter what we have done that has made us feel like we are not worthy, the cross is the ultimate reminder that we are loved, that we are forgiven and that we are received. And so you see this theme, this beautiful weaving in of these trees that represent life that represent a second chance, that represent God's presence culminating ultimately in the tree of life or, or, or a, a, a manifestation, a greater manifestation that's relevant to you and I, the tree of life, which is the cross, which is Christ. And then in Revelations, once again, it closes, the whole narrative closes and there's a, a, you know, we no longer need the sun you know, the solar system or, you know, in that sense, because you know, God will be our light and then there's a river of life and then there's a tree of life and the leaves for the healing of the nations. And so the, the story ultimately culminates again uh, with us being in God's presence, in God's fold, uh, once again in the presence of the tree of life, which ultimately represents uh, uh, God himself. Um, and so just a, just a wonderful reminder. And then Jesus comes and says, you know, I, I don't think they knew it at that time, but as an extension of this truth in Genesis and Genesis and the whole narrative that God has in mind, and Jesus says in verse 1, I am the vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. And the interesting thing about pruning, um, I think most of us um, you know, have the idea that pruning is just bad leaves or bad branches, right? Branches that are uh, producing uh, uh, branches that are dying or withering, uh, uh, you know, they're not of use, they're not producing anything, so you, you cut it, right? So, uh, uh, and the idea is, you know, you pour water into the pot or, or the, the ground, and the, the plant, the tree, you know, has to use its, you know, God-given laws of nature to suck up the nutrients from the minerals and the soil through the roots, right? And then through the trunk. And then eventually, I guess the last efforts are to then, you know, use that system to get all the nutrients into the various branches and then to the leaves and then ultimately uh, to the fruits. And so if you've ever seen, uh, I have a, uh, I don't know what they're called, they're my, one of my favorite plants. Uh, uh, they're really tall and they have lots of little sharp leaves. <laughs> uh, they're like one of the two pictures of plants you see everywhere in Singapore, 
One is a, a round, fat one with holes, and then the other one is a long one with like sharp predator, like you know. Okay. Anyways, so I have a, I have like three of these in my home, and I have one that's like really tall. It's beautiful. I mean, just like it's it's glorious, and there's like three or four, and then I have one that's really short and stubby, and there's like ten, ten of these branches. And, and so not too long ago, I looked and I saw the one that, that's like really producing and all that, it only has like three stalks. And that's why it goes so tall. And that's why it branches out so much. All the nutrients, and I give them the same amount of water, it's the same amount of soil, all the nutrients go to these three stalks or branches and therefore it produces this. This one here has like 10. And so you, when you water it, it's being shared by 10, so they don't grow as tall and they're stubby and, and they're beautiful too in, in God's own way. Um, but when it comes to fruits, you know, I, I, you know, I have a fig tree and I'm in the middle of, I'll be honest, I'm like hesitant to prune because I want all the branches to bear fruit. But it's been over a year. And, um, you know, after like six months, all the leaves turned brown. I don't know if it's, you know, plant shock from moving and all that stuff. Um, but I have a mind to prune it. And the idea is this. The, the, the resources or the source when it goes out and the certain things that don't produce, they're just taking up the resources, they're taking up the space, they're taking up the energy, and they're not producing anything. And so you cut those branches off, and then what happens is the nutrients and the energy and the resources then go to the various branches that are still remaining, and then all the efforts, all the energy, all the juices, and everything produces fruit and things like that. Um, and so the idea is that sometimes we think that it's just the bad branches or the things that aren't producing, but sometimes it's also good branches. You know, you might have something in your life or certain projects or certain, you know, things or certain, certain uh, circumstances. And it's not just the bad stuff that God may cut out in your life. Sometimes there's good things, right? But they're not the best things. And so sometimes, you know, we have these uh, uh, aspirations or these goals and things. Sometimes God may ask us, this isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying it's bad for you, but it's not the best thing. And sometimes without us knowing, sometimes without us understanding, God may cut or prune those things. And we may question or we may wonder or may have been, uh, you know, uh, uh, hurtful. Uh, but to, to the ultimate end that God would bring about a fruit that will be lasting, that will be blessing. And so this, this applies in all, you know, various areas. And so, you know, if you've ever wondered that, uh, you know, sometimes we have to trust. We have to trust ultimately that in God's hands, he knows what he's doing. And for all the places that we have question marks, for all the places that we're, you know, uh, God, you know, what are you doing in my life in, in this aspect? Uh, believe that in the ultimate end, God will bring about a, a produce or a blessing that'll be for eternity. Um, and so, you know, just, just an encouragement. Um, you know, I feel like this morning that there are certain things in your life uh, certain areas that maybe God is asking you in this next season to let go or, or to surrender and to trust God to cut or to prune that. And, and you know, we certainly understand certain you know, habits or certain exercises or certain things, uh, uh, you know, things that we are uh, um, involved in that maybe is not ultimately pleasing. And, and those things we understand, we, we lay those things down. But maybe there's a handful of things. Maybe there's something today. Maybe, maybe you've been struggling. Maybe there is something that God, maybe you've been you're thinking that God is, is, has been asking you to surrender and let go to him. Trust that God knows the ultimate map. Trust that God will bring through fruition, through the narrative, his redemptive plan for your life and, uh, and believe in him. And uh, there is pain in the sharing. There is pain in the pruning. Um, but trust. And this is, you know, Jesus continues to go on and say, um, 
in verse 15, no longer do I call you slaves. You know, and, and Jesus kind of uh, breaks through the barrier. Uh, up until now, all interactions and religious institutions, and there's, there's always a separation. There's always this place that you can't enter, you know, the Holy of Holies. And Jesus begins to break down those barriers. Jesus is so good at breaking down relational and cultural uh, uh, and traditional and political barriers. Basically, anything that gets in the way of us encountering God, God wants those things to be removed. And so he says something very precious and intimate and to his disciples and to his followers, those that are willing to die for him. He says, I no longer call you slaves. You know, you're not just doing a job because I said to do it. You know, you're friends. We're family. Uh, and I call you friends. Um, and then he goes on to say in verse 26, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father. And uh, God, or Jesus, promises that not only do you have me and my words, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to send you the Spirit so that you know, during the fast, you will have strength. So that during the new year, you know, when you feel like giving up, call out to my name and the Holy Presence and Spirit that is there will be ready. You know, when you have a decision to make, when you're in a, a bind or a situation or a circumstance and you don't know what to do, call in the name of the Holy Spirit. This is a promise that Jesus has, that he's your friend, that he's, your, he's our elder brother, and that all of heaven and authority is in his fingertips and, and is, is a resource that all believers are, that we have access to. And so I hope, you know, as we close out the fast, you know, this year for 2022, another one, you know, in the books, you know, under our belt, um, you know, as we close out the year, that we would remember that we can always call out on Jesus. You know, maybe there was something you went through in this past week and, and you were stuck and you didn't know what to do. Call in the name of Jesus. Call on the Helper. Call on the Holy Spirit and ask God for divine wisdom and divine discernment. And I pray that this is something that we would exercise and really remember to do all throughout, starting from today, starting from this week and going on throughout the year. And that this would be kind of the mark to kind of set the tone for the whole year. Fasting, as we're closing out, is just our, our spirits, you know, cry in desperation in the body to ask God for his help. Right? I think God hears our hearts. I think God sees us, not because of the fast, but ultimately because of Jesus. But then in that, an, an extra measure uh, as we come before God. And, uh, and, and I pray that blessing for all you guys. Let's bow our heads this morning. When the helper comes, he comes from the Father. He's the spirit of truth. He will testify. He will help you to remember. He will give you revelation. He'll give you insight and wisdom and discernment for the things of God. And so I pray also that in your jobs, in your marketplace, in your families, in your professions, in your industries, in your various spheres of influence, as you put God first and as you lay at the altar of the heavenly realms your own job, your own finances, your own uh, vocational track, you know, you're the hopes of your future, you lay that down at the cross and you say, God, everything I do, I do for you. Whatever you do or whatever you lead, I will trust because I ultimately believe in you. Then in doing that, God can bring resurrection life. God can bring to fruition the very things that we have laid at his feet. 
And so I pray that this would be the prayer of all of us in all our uh, endeavors, that it would be first to lay it down before God, surrender it to God, and then to ask him for wisdom and discernment, and then that he would lead you in that way. And so, Father, would you bless every brother and sister here. God, would they uh, be reminded today of the gift, the precious, awesome arsenal, weapon, and tool that we have, which is our relationship with you. And every time we call on the name of Jesus, for those who are surrendered, humbled, in obedience, abiding in the vine, and obeying in the commandments, and listening to the words, and fully surrendered in our hearts to you, God, there is nothing, nothing is impossible. God, remind us to call on that lifeline, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.